Hello and welcome to today's marketing show. I got a very special guest today. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, I think you're really going to like my conversation coming up with Dove Barron. Let me give you a little profile before we uh, throw to you. Is that okay, Dove? Absolutely. I think you bring a lot of stripes on your shoulders here. Folks, we got somebody who coaches uh, and mentors, leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, multinational uh, corporate leaders, athletes, entertainers, and specializes really, from what I see, Dove, in bringing people together, uniting teams, tribes, helping companies move forward, again, with uh, you know your specialty in leadership. Look, you've been ranked number one podcast by Inc. Magazine uh, for Fortune 500 executives. Inc. Magazine's got your top 100 executive uh, leadership speakers and uh, all kinds of accolades. So I'm really glad to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Rick. I'm looking forward to being of service. That's why I'm here. Well, well, I, I, I've been all over your website and your digital DNA, and I think you you actually live what you preach and uh, just think you're doing an awesome job. Congratulations. You know, one of the topics, hot topics for our audience is this great resignation and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything from, you know, losing people, hiring people, uh, you know, so I was really hoping to dig into your insights there today just on that topic. Is that something you're seeing kind of in your, you know, the circles you're traveling? Sure. Well, in it's, in, it's interesting. In 2015, I wrote a book called Fiercely Loyal, um, how high-performing companies uh, attract and retain top talent. And it's interesting that there's been a resurge of people buying that book because it's become so popular again because a lot of the things I talked about, which were seemed kind of out there at, in 2015 and now like oh of course it's obvious now so you know in the war with talent talent won it's really simple so if you're a leader thinking well you know we'll just throw money at them and not make them stick it won't so for instance when i entered the workforce i'm a boomer when i entered the workforce we were asked what do you want to do that was a 20 to 40 year question what do you want to make your career today it's a two-year question for millennials for gen z it's less Right. By the way, in case you want to know, Gen Z are already 22 at the oldest. Right. We, you know, so this is, you know, we've got more generations in the workforce than we've ever had in history. So let's put it in context and in perspective about why we are dealing with the Great Resignation. First of all, 2008, we had the Great Recession. Everybody lost everything. People got freaked out and went, okay, oh crap, you know, I can't rely on the company. I got to do my own thing. So a lot of people became entrepreneurial and that was great. Other people stayed in companies and they figured I just got to work harder. So they worked harder. And as a result, everybody got onto this workaholic trend where we bragged about, oh, I'm working 80 hours a week. It became bragging rights. COVID came along and shoved us all off that treadmill and said, what the hell are you doing? Now, in the shock of all that, we got time to think, hmm, why am I doing that? We were met with a crisis of meaning. This is a spectacular thing that feels terrible. <laughs> so that's that's the dichotomy of it. Well, you know, I... I, I, I uh... It, it's almost, I would say, every third call when I speak with business leaders, it's about people. It's not always about, you know, sales and marketing. And how do I, you know, to your point about, um, you know, the old schoolers, we used to get, you know, pennants or whatever. We got a pen for 20 years service. 
I was at a tech distributor recently and they were giving out their employee awards for like one year service, two year service. I was like, okay, they barely started. Exactly. Um, but you're right. I think this COVID things, you know, lit a fire under people in terms of rethinking priorities. And now you've got people uh, to your point, you know, uh, work hard, you know, uh, prioritize the company, uh, all those things that we grew up with, uh, perhaps are, are starting to be reshuffled. And, you know, we've got people now, Doug, that, you know, sometimes as a leader, they're quitting quietly on us, for example. We don't even know they're dialed out. And I know you've got a lot of experience in this space. You know, maybe you could talk to that a little bit, you know, as we focus on the great re resignation, because this is a big problem right now. Yeah. So COVID brought about this, this crisis of meaning. And out of that crisis of meaning came the great resignation where people were saying, well, I don't need to do all that. I don't like I'm, I'm working crazy hours to get a bigger house or a better car. I don't need to travel for two hours a day. I just realized that I don't need a better car. I don't need a bigger house. I want to see my kids. I want to see my family. This matters more. That was, that's, you know, at a personal level of, of who we are at a level of integrity, that's a better thing. Good. Okay. Now we go to, well, all right. So some people were like, but I can't quit. I can't just resign. I don't, I'm not in that position. So they've gone to what we call quiet quitting and quiet quitting is, it's just another term for completely disengaged. It means I'm going to do the bare bloody minimum and then I'm going home and that's yeah. it. And if you ask me to do five minutes more, I'm not doing it. So what's missing? They got the great resignation. People walked away because they, they questioned themselves and with quiet quitting, what's missing? Well, the answer is we're still trying to use old school mentality in a new reality. So the danger we have is this, and I want you to think about this, each one of you, as we listen for a moment, think about what everybody said at the beginning of COVID when we all got locked down. Everybody said, I can't wait for things to get back to what? Back to normal. Normal. Yeah. Normal is over. Normal's dead. You're not going to get it back. It's done. Stop trying to go back. Evolution doesn't work backwards. It works forwards. So here's the thing. There is no normal. Stop trying to go back there. Instead, you, so that means you can't use the old technology. What's the old technology? Well, let's all, let's all sign up for Yellow Pages. Yeah, how's that going to work? Well, nobody's going to do that. Don't be daft of. We've got the internet. Oh, okay. Well, why are you using technologies even in, in loyalty with people that belongs in the yellow pages? That world doesn't exist anymore. Well, I so think Doug, you know, money at people. I, I got it, engaged. You know, I, I, I see business leaders and I'm going to generalize here, but a lot of us are in our fifties. Okay. You're a lot younger by the look of you, but you know, we only know the old normal. We don't know the new normal. And it's very uh, frightening for us. And that's why I think we try and steer the car back to the old normal. I couldn't agree with you more. It's gone. Um, but I just see that's very, very difficult for. Uh, but that's a recipe leader. for failure. If totally. you're going to do today what you did yesterday, you are going to fail. Even if it worked, it won't work anymore. Like mm -hmm. I said, you could have done well with yellow pages, but you won't anymore. It's, it's a waste of time. So yeah. what is it? So for instance, one of my clients just left her job and without asking, without asking, she was offered a hundred K bonus. Now most of us go hundred K that's pretty sweet. Yeah. He left when they offered her that, you know why? 
No. She said, they don't understand me. They don't get me. If they think that's what keeps me loyal, I'm done. She left. She went to a job that paid her less. Why? Because today it's about meaning. We're in a crisis of meaning. If you want your people to be loyal, it has to be meaningful for them. The COVID made people question, what is the meaning of my life? Why am I here? There was a crisis of meaning. And that is like, do I really want to be involved with a company that's polluting the earth? Do I really want to be involved with a company that treats its people like crap? Do I, you know, no, I don't. Okay. Well, I can't do my own thing, but I'm, I can go work for somebody else. Do I, here's another example, hybrid model. Everybody's like, oh, well, now we're on the hybrid model. Doesn't work. What are you talking about, Dove? Isn't that the new normal? No. Hybrid model doesn't work. Oh, so should we just have everybody in or have everybody out? No. The thing that works is called choice. So it's like this. If you want to work five days a week in the office, you can. If you want to work three days in the office, you can. You don't want to ever come in the office. You can. You can do what you want to do. You just need to let us know in advance. So what's happening with that? So now here we come to the next point, which is how do you keep people loyal? A meaning, we talked about that. But the other thing is this. In my book, Fiercely Loyal, I talked about the three C's. And one of the three C's was community. I said, do not build a business without building a community. That is vitally important. Now I've changed that to say, don't build a business, build a community and put your business in it. Now, Flip how, it around, you, community first, first. Okay, so hey, first of all, it sounds like you've been sitting in on the last, you know, three months of calls I've been on, by the way, what you're talking there. How do you get people back on board? You know, I mean, we've been shaken. We're now, uh, you know, you mentioned choice, uh, you know, because we've got generational differences, right, within yes. the organization. So, um, sorry, maybe you may have been going there, but this is what they're wrestling with. Because you're right, that that monetary bonus doesn't always, you know, that key doesn't always fit the lock these days. It doesn't. You're absolutely right. So we've got to engage people with meaning. So many of your listeners would have read uh, Simon Sinek's Start With Why, right? Mm -hmm. And many of them read it, never did a damn thing with it. Okay. Some of them did do something with it, but they probably still not got to their real why. They've got to a contrived why. So as I always say to people, like I loved that book. It was a good book. I like Simon. I like Simon's work. Um, but it says start with. So my work is what is the why behind your why? What is the unconscious driving force of each of your people and of you? So just to give you a clue how important purpose is, you may have heard of a company called Unilever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're massive, 54,000 employees. They realize the importance of the, what I'm talking about here, finding the meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. So they, they restructured every executive team around a purpose, finding purpose. They did this, the work to find the purpose of each of them executive teams because, of course, it's an umbrella company that has many companies. Yep. On top of that, when they realized how powerful it was, they paid for someone like me to come in and do a two-day training with 54,000 employees to have them find their purpose. Now you go, well, oh, that's pretty wild, but I'm not in that, uh, that kind of financial bracket. Okay, mm -hmm. so what's the ROI? Well, just as one example of the ROI, when in an independent survey, anonymous survey, asked 
would you go the extra mile for the company after they did this work? This is months later. 76% said they would go the extra mile. That's not quiet quitting. That's exactly the opposite. It's fully engaged. Mm -hmm. So number one thing, if you want to get your people involved, you've got to get your organizational purpose so they can connect to it. They need to find their own purpose. That's also important. But they also need a place to gather community. Now, we used to think, oh, well, you know, um, uh, you know, I liked work because I could go and, and, uh, and tear down the, the silos by meeting at the water cooler. No, you didn't. You didn't tear down any silos. You met with the same people. Mm -hmm. They were the same people in the same office, and it wasn't tearing down any silos. So, well, is remote better? No, no, because now you're in a personal silo. That doesn't work either. So what do you have to do? So one of the things when I advise my clients, I'll say, okay, so you've got, in this location, you've got 50,000 square feet. And they go, yeah. I go, you don't need 50,000. Take it down to 25, take it down to 20,000 square feet, make every, all the areas workstations so people can work however they want. Some people are going to want private offices, some people want open, let them choose. Now on top of that, what are you going to do? And they go, I don't know. What you're going to do is you're going to recognize that the 2,500 square feet of rent you were paying is not your money. And they go, what do you mean? That's community money. And they go, what do you mean? Some of that money actually has to go into the physical community in which you're located to let people know that you care about the community. And another part of it is creating, creating community events for your people every six to eight weeks. So they have a reason to come together that's got nothing to do with work. In fact, they will probably post, not available for work today because I'm going into the community where I meet with the other people from the other divisions and other departments outside of the silos. We, we're building the relationships, but I still work from home five days a week. Now, are these, let's say you've got a virtual uh, workforce that can't physically, I, I'm assuming you mean physically get together. Like, what if you got like a hybrid? You know, some people are over in California, some work out of New York, a couple are in Wisconsin. You know, uh, how, how do you kind of bring those together? Exactly the same way. So you create community events in their area. Okay. You can make, you create community events in their area. And one of the things about that is you say, well, we've only got three people in Wisconsin. Great. Then let's create a community event in Wisconsin that's very small, but is intimate because these people don't know each other. But then let's create a bigger event that they're in charge of. So that we put them in charge of it and we make it a community event for the, the area. And we tell the area what our company's about, it becomes a recruiting process. Hmm. It's not aimed at that, but people are like, oh, this company really gives a shit. Great idea. Yeah. No, I, I uh, you know, it's funny. We, we work very closely with a, a local college and uh, we, we, I speak each year to their, their digital marketing uh, graduating class. And I always ask them, you know, what are you looking for when you look for an employer, given this, you know, this war battle for people that you mentioned earlier? And it's funny, they, they don't talk about money. Uh, it's not the first thing. It's exactly what you're talking about. They want to go somewhere where there's a, they feel a sense of purpose. They feel like they're going to be on a team. Of course, they want great coaching and all that kind of stuff. But it's funny how, uh, you know, our priorities are, uh, are mixed up. So, you know, you've, you've worked at a very large scale with a lot of leaders. What do you think these folks get wrong in today's kind of this great resignation kind of retention issue market? Well, I think one of the first things they get wrong is you have to remember. So I want you to imagine for a moment 
that you're putting on red glasses, right? So red lenses, okay? And you're going out in the world and I'm showing you a beautiful field. What are you going to see? I'm going to see a red field. You're actually going to see a brown field because the, the oh. red will cancel the green. It's just going to okay. be brown. Okay, yeah. And you're going to go, it's horrible. Well, that's the problem. You're looking through old lenses. You're looking through old lenses. So the number one thing is to understand that different generations, you know, you and I talked about that there's more generations in the workforce today than there's ever been. Baby boomers don't have the same value system of Gen Xs. Gen Xs don't have the same value as millennials. Millennials don't have the same values as Gen Z. And they won't have the same values as the alpha generation. Mm -hmm. So these are generations going through. They have different value systems. And if you're trying to put the value systems of one generation on another, you're going to fall on your face. It's where you're getting it wrong. If you think money is going to be the determining factor, you're absolutely right. It will be for some people, but it will never be the loyalty factor. Mm -hmm. Even for the people where money really, really matters, it won't be a loyalty factor. Mm -hmm. It won't be. So people are leaving jobs for less money with mm -hmm. more meaning and with more, um, more sense of autonomy. People want to know that they're important, but here's the thing what leaders get wrong, particularly our generation. What leaders get wrong is I'm the boss and I know the answer. That is a terrible, terrible way to lead. You cannot lead. Now, let's remember Millennials are 42 years old. They're not mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. They're in yeah. leadership positions. Yeah. And if you're approaching them with, I'm the leader and I know the answer, I'm the boss, I know the answer, they will leave you. Mm -hmm. They want their voices to be heard and they appreciate and recognize and applaud your vulnerability in saying, I don't know. What do you think? We, my generation, were taught you get to be a leader and then you're supposed to know all the answers and they just come to you for the answers. No, no. Your job is to, is to um, elicit from them their knowledge, to bring them to a place where they feel powerful in sharing what it is they know with you. So you need to, so if you're going to be a leader who gets it right, you have to mentor up, down, and sideways, but you also have to allow others to mentor that way. So you're going to mentor your peers. You're going to mentor the people below you. Your people who are in your hierarchy are going to do exactly the same up, down. So you can you you work for me and you're my assistant. You can teach me. I, I my my team. I'll say to them what, what can you teach me in this in this meeting? What can you teach me about this that I need to know? I don't need to do it because that's your job. But I need to understand it. Teach me about it. So up, down, and sideways. You know. So uh, you know you make a lot of good points here. Um, is there coaching you would give to leaders to kind of like, is it a one-on-one -on -one thing a lot of times? Cause you got layers of, we'll call it age that have different motivating factors. Like, is there a model that you suggest to uncover at the individual level or the age bracket level, we'll call it. Um, because you're right. Like we have, we have millennials and Gen Z's that, you know, they're, they're super talented and super bright. Yeah. They know a lot I don't. And then, you know, they want to have these virtual dinner parties and I'm like, okay, well, is that what you guys really want? Oh yeah. We want to, you know, bring a cook in and have us, I would have never thought of those things, but no, you know, is there, is there a formula that you've seen work again to uncover at the individual or the kind of the layer level of employee? Um, yeah. I mean, that's obviously the work that we do. Um, okay. That, you know, that, 
that would be much too deep to get into. Or to okay, get into. okay. But but to, I, I, at the same time, I don't want to blow that off um, because I want you to know as you listen or watch this that the number one ingredient is over my shoulder. It's my religion, which is curiosity. You have to stay curious. So, again, you might say, well, this person is a boomer or this person is a Gen Xer or this person is a millennial. Yeah, so you can, assi you can assign um, generational values to those people, but that's not them. That's yeah. generational. So yeah. I know some, uh, some millennials who are more, way more boomer than I am, right? And I know some boomers who are way more millennial than some millennials. Mm -hmm. Then the key thing is, yes, you can, uh, you can sort of overlay these generational value systems, but the number one thing is, is deep, deep curiosity. And so where does that start as part of that formula you're asking for? Hey, Bob. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sam. Hey, Susan. Hey, whoever it is. What's the number one most important thing to you? What mm -hmm. gets you out of bed on a shitty morning? Mm -hmm. What gets you out of bed on a morning where you're hungover or not feeling well or you're just a bit beaten down or you're exhausted? What gets you out of bed in that morning? And some people will say, well, my kids. And then you go, oh, so let's write that down. The most important thing is family. No, no, no. That's only, the, that's only level one. Yeah. So go, okay, so it's your kids. Yeah. But what is it about that? Well, you know, I mean, we've we got to be good parents. No, no. But what is it about your kids that makes you want to do that? Mm -hmm. And you start going three, four, five levels deep into that. Each time, well, what is it about that? Well, what is it about that? And you start to discover that the answer at the top was not the answer. Yeah. So it's yeah. actually not their kids that really matter. I mean, it, of course it matters, but it's not yeah. the thing that's driving them. Yeah. What's driving them, this is why the, our work is based in hu human science, right? It is the, it's um, behavioral economics, the neuroscience of that, psychology, that's where all my work is embedded. When we understand those things, we, we can understand what drives people, we can understand what motivates people, and we can understand why people leave when you go, I can't believe they left. And I yeah. interview them and I'm like, I knew in five minutes they would leave. Well, I, I, know, I know your services uh, were in demand prior to this whole COVID slash great resignation era. Sure. Um, and, you know, you've written three books now. I know each of them uh, bestsellers. What were the three books again that you've uh, written? Well, I've actually written 13 books. 13, sorry, okay, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, three that, that I've uh, but, myself. Yeah, but there's, there, there are a couple of bestsellers in there. So uh, Fiercely Loyal is the one I mentioned earlier, um, which is about how to, how to find top talent, keep top talent loyal, and what drives that um, psychologically, emotionally, and how, to, um, and how to lead through those kinds of things. So Fiercely Loyal is how, how high-performing companies find and keep top talent. That's uh, one of the bestsellers. Another one is called One Red Thread. So One Red Thread is about finding not just the, the, the why of your life, but the actual purpose of your life. So the purpose of your life, as I said, Simon's work is great, but most of what people say, when I say, have you found your purpose? And they tell me, yes. And I say, okay, what is it? And I can invariably, it's, it's rare that most people have actually found it. Most people have found the surface level of their purpose. And that's, that's good, don't get me wrong, it's better than nothing. But there's a deeper driving purpose, and this is a very small 
book it's easy to go through it's got exercises in it and it takes you to your deepest purpose meaning so uh my clients will go through it and my clients will buy a copy for everybody in their team and they go through it together so if you're going well you know i don't know I, maybe i can't hire dove i can't bring him in to work with my company i go okay that's fine the book's like seven bucks or something mm-hmm. go on amazon buy the book give buy every member of your team the book and 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 sit down once a week and go through the exercises hmm. that's a great way to do it that you know because that you that way you're finding purpose and you're going to find out more about each other because as i said to you vulnerability is incredibly powerful when people talk about trust we all say oh you got to have trust in your company and i go okay so what's trust hmm. uh, um i don't know it's trust yeah. Oh, so yeah. what is what is the characteristics of trust? The characteristics yeah. of trust are reciprocal vulnerability. So just stop for a minute and think about what I just said. It's reciprocal vulnerability. Now, reciprocal vulnerability is not emotional vomit. Right? We're not asking you to go emotionally vomit mm-hmm. on everybody. Mm-hmm. But just think about it this way. I want you to imagine on your right side, you have a trusted, loyal friend that you've known for about five years. This person is like, you know, you can trust him with your life. And on the other side of you, you've got somebody who's an acquaintance. You've known them for about five years. So you know them about the same amount of time. So I say, so what's the difference? Why is one a, a trusted friend and another one's only an acquaintance? You can't say time because it's the same amount of time. So what is it? Reciprocal vulnerability. Mm-hmm. The reason a person is a trusted, loyal friend is because they know your shit. You know theirs. And neither of you is willing to use it against each other. You're there for each other. That's mm-hmm. reciprocal vulnerability. So mm-hmm. when you do that in the process, it bonds the team. It bonds the team to the purpose of the organization. It bonds the team to the purpose of each other. And you start to understand, oh, this is why this person is this way. I get it now. You start to understand the emotional economics of what's going on and the behavioral economics of what's going on. It's very powerel. Um, you know, I could, I could, uh, and we, we, we spoke before I could listen to you because I think you close a lot of gaps for a lot of people that I speak with every day. You have a skill set that's, you know, um, not something I bring to the table at that level. Um, if there was, you know, one thing you wanted to leave our audience with one thing as they face this, you know, employee, you know, quietly quitting, uh, you know, you talked about figuring out the, you know, reciprocal, uh, model, you know, what, what, what would be the one thing that you think if I've been listening or watching now, you, you want me to leave with? I, I want you to always leave with stay curious, my friends, stay curious. Um, and the way to do that is to start with yourself. So people go, well, what do you mean? Well, Stop for a moment and ask yourself, just pick something. It doesn't matter what it is. Pick your religion, pick your gender, pick, it doesn't matter what you pick. Pick your political party, it doesn't matter. And just say, one thing I believe, okay. And then ask yourself why. And whatever answer you come up with, ask yourself why again five times. You will learn from that exercise on yourself that people are much deeper than they appear to be. That a-hole who works for you, there's a reason they're an a-hole. It's not because they're an a-hole just to piss you off. They're an a-hole because something's underneath that. 
right? That person who is incredibly kind and generous, there's something underneath that, right? And when somebody is doing things that are dysfunctional or damaging to the organization or themselves, so, you know, hey, Bob, you seem to be not really engaged. You're not going to say you're quiet quitting. You seem to not be really engaged. Tell me why that is. Well, you know, it's, it's not that. I am engaged. No, but let, let's just pretend you that it's true what I'm saying. Why is that? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that I want to do this for a career. Oh, really? Well, t tell me why that is. What's brought that up for you? What's made you think that maybe there's something else? And if there is, maybe I can help you to, to move into that area. Suddenly, we're not adversarial. Suddenly, there's an engagement. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Rick, um, I'm thinking that maybe I'd like to move into to, to, uh, commerce. Well, okay, why is that? Are you really interested in commerce? Well, you know, when I was a kid, I loved numbers and blah, 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 but my parents didn't like me. Oh, and you go into that. At the end of that, what you're going to have is somebody who, who gets really clear on what they want, and they'll mm -hmm. leave you, and that's great, and you should encourage that. But while they're with you, they'll be like, you know, this guy gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I put in all my time. So stay yeah. curious, my friends. Stay curious. It will transform your life. It will transform your leadership, and it will transform your business. Hey, buddy, I, I really appreciate uh, you being on today. I'm proud to have you as a guest on this marketing show. If I'm uh, listening now and say, hey, uh, give me some more of this guy's ideas, because I, I, I think they're gold, where would they find you? Thank you for asking. You can find my books, of course, on Amazon um, or any of the booksellers, but you can find out the most about me at dovebaron.com. That's D-O-V. B-A-R-O-N. Do not put an E in there. I don't have any wings. Um, so Dov, D-O-V, Baron.com. You can also find me on Medium. I write for Medium. You'll find me under the Curious Leader. Uh, we write there. I'm, of course, on LinkedIn. You can find us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel with about a 1,000 videos on it. And I'm not exaggerating, about a 1,000 videos. Um, and, of course, here's the insane thing. If you want to know more, I'm going to do something nuts. Here's my email. Dov, D-O-V, at D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. That's my private email. And I do read them, and I do respond. So if I can be of service to you, that's why I'm on the planet. Reach out. Yep, he does. He answered mine to be a guest today. Thank you very much, Dov, for being a guest. Thank you for listening. And hopefully you'll be uh, curious, my friends, as you leave today's marketing show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.